Hello, everyone. Well, we're right on track here tonight, and uh, we're happy to have you uh, viewers uh, online. And tonight should be an interesting subject. Uh, this is Jerry Lee standing in for the Manifester, and tonight a different view on what the extinction of the species means. <clears throat> we want to cover uh, four areas. Uh, these four areas would be, um, one, what is the long-term effect of human tampering with the life uh, of animals and, and uh, uh, flora on the, uh, on the planet? Uh, what does it mean, number two, as related to the resolution of human times? And three, what place do animals have in God's plan? Four, what about the dinosaurs? So those should all be interesting uh, topics, and we'll probably cover some in-between uh, stuff on um, subjects related. So uh, we're just about uh, ready to begin this episode. Um, what does, uh, you know, a, a different view um, represent on the extinction of the species? Well, before I get into that subject, let me just talk a little teeny bit about animals. Uh, for instance, um, uh, I, I have had different animal pets, and I love animals. Uh, it's a different kind of love than loving a human, although I think that there are people out there that might even love animals, particular animals, more than they do humans. Uh, I don't think that I'm about to congratulate them on that. I can understand perhaps and even sympathize as to why that they might think that way. Uh, all the rashness and the problems that uh, sometimes seem to exist out there um, with uh, the human uh, world. But uh, here's the thing. Uh, humans have souls and animals do not. And the Bible very clearly says that the spirit of man goeth upward, but the spirit of the beast goeth downward. And that means that animals um, have temporal spirits, and humans have eternal spirits. Now, not to get anything too confused, just to remember that even as we're talking about the... the um, animal man, but because the animal man has a soul, his spirit is eternal, and because the animals do not have a soul, their spirit is not eternal. Now, before some of you animal lovers get upset, you should just uh, anchor in, hang in, uh, until you hear everything that I have to say, uh, because it will be interesting. Now, um, <clears throat> We're going to do the best that we can with this uh, broadcast tonight. Uh, we're set up just a little bit uh, different. This is basically sort of the old system we originally used, but uh, we're going to try to, uh, you know, to keep it within the uh, sequential aspects of uh, the proper uh, cues of, of voice level, uh, which on this particular setting is not a super easy thing to do. So, uh, anyway, uh, we're here, and we're uh, going to do our best. Um, 
So, already we've hit an a interesting subject. It could be a controversial subject, that's for sure. Uh, but it makes it more interesting, doesn't it? Uh, I wanted to first talk about animals that I've had as pets. I've had um, I've had uh, uh, pigeons. I've had cats. I've had dogs, and I'm not necessarily talking about all at the same time. <clears throat> I've had um, uh, chickens. And uh, I think I had a turtle uh, once or twice. So um, those are sort of the kind of animals that I have had. And uh, there may be, um, uh, you know, an odd other kind of animal. Uh, I think for a really, really short time I had some guinea pigs, uh, a couple of them. And then I did have some rabbits. Uh, and the one, of course, the dogs, you know, the, were my favorite. I, dogs are so neat. Uh, but I, I, there's other animals that I just really admire, and like horses. Horses are so beautiful. Um, so animals, they, they're, you know, they're, they're beautiful, wonderful critters. And of course, so are the plants that God has made on the earth. They're, uh, they're beautiful too. Um, and I have a love for them, but not the same kind of love that I have for for people who have souls, uh, for human beings. And if you think that your love for your animal is more than it is for humans, then you need to get straightened out in your mind and in your soul and in your relationship with God. Because the Bible says flesh and blood to begin with cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So, if you don't believe the Bible, uh, then, of course, you're not going to believe what I have to say. And if you don't believe uh, what I'm saying to you that is from the Bible, uh, then uh, you're, you're really in a bad mental situation as far as I'm concerned. Uh, because uh, you, need to get, you need to get this thing straightened out about animals. Uh, I, I love animals. I, 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 just, I think they're fun. I think they're, they're companions. Um, uh, I think they're friends, and uh, I think that there are many other things. But I don't regard them as something higher than human beings. Uh, human human beings are uh, are are far far more um, uh, far more important uh, than uh, you know this idea of uh, of trying to put a, a a dog or a cat. Uh, in an equal uh, position with a human being, um, you will have uh, you will have to you'll have to have a reckoning uh, with your soul uh, when you are standing before God if you don't get that straightened out because uh, you cannot put a human on uh, and and an animal on an equal footing an equal level and you may say I don't agree with that it really doesn't matter if you agree at all. It doesn't matter. It's if you believe the Bible. And if you don't believe the Bible, well, then you just go ahead and worship the animals if you want to. Uh, but if you you are going to believe the Bible, then you need to understand. And and, and aren't I being controversial? Aren't I being um, <laughs> a little bit rough? Uh, uh, perhaps. But I have seen an awful lot of this where people have um, actually treated a puppy or a small dog like a baby 
And I've actually had people tell me that they love the dog more than they do humans. Now, um, um, uh, this, this is the thing that we've got to get into and we've got to understand because it is very, very important. Uh, if we don't understand this, we are missing uh, uh, relationships uh, that have all kinds of widespread uh, uh, allegations that we need to know about. Because if we don't uh, know these things, uh, we are in a, a rut. And, and what we're talking about right here is that we have to understand. We have to understand that, that animals, yes, they have a place, but they do not have souls. And animals are beautiful critters, and they can be friends, and, and they can be company, and they can be companions, and they can be more than all of those things, but they cannot replace a human being. And sometimes <clears throat> humans can get along with an animal because an animal doesn't argue back, and they have to be submissive. And there's people that just have a nature that they want to be the authority uh, and they don't want anyone to argue with. They don't want anyone to have a different uh, idea. And so they can get along better with an animal than they can a human being. But that does not make it right. That does not mean that you should love an animal or put an animal in an equal place with a human being who has a soul. So I think I've already lost somebody for just saying that. Uh, some some dog lover probably or cat lover or maybe that's not fair and maybe the person just had to go to the restroom and they'll come back. But uh, uh, I'm sure that when I'm talking about the extinction of animals, people are thinking that I'm going to be more protective of, of the animals and I'll be one of these people that's getting up here saying, uh, you know, putting curses on the human race for how they've been mistreating human beings and they're really expecting that kind of a of a word and. Here I come along, and I'm saying something different. Well, um, I don't plan to change. And so if, if this is if any of this is going to offend you and it's a little more than you can take, you're welcome to do the same exit, exit that this other person did because I just know to, to, to preach what I understand as the truth. And there's things that I have seen, uh, and, and as much as I can love a dog and as much as I can love an animal and, and have it as a friend and a companion and all that, I will never, I will never put that animal equal in any way with a human being who has a soul. So, so begin with, even your human body cannot inherit heaven because the Bible says flesh and blood, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Get that? Let's get this thing, you know, straight. Let's get this word of God straight. And that's what the manifest is, to bring to light what the truth is, to tell people the truth. So I've had all kinds of different pets and all kinds of animals and all kinds of things along that line. But um, uh, I have not, I have not been of the nature that, um, that I would uh, uh, ever put an animal before I would put a human. I don't believe in, in considering an animal to be a, a human child. Uh, and I think I've said enough on it. Uh, but okay, now what, let's talk about this thing, uh, you know, let's talk about extinction. But I want to read a really, really, really neat, uh, uh, verse in Jeremiah 4.23. Jeremiah 4.23 through 28. 
So listen to this, and it is quite a vivid, quite a vivid portrayal. And it says it this way, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 4, chapter 4, verse 23 through the 28th verse. I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form, and void, and the heavens, and they had no light. I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled, and all the hills moved lightly. I beheld, and lo, there was no man, and all the birds of the heaven, or the heavens, were fled. Now, I want to say this, that if there were no birds, that if there were no animals, if there were no kitty cats and no little pooches and puppies and dogs and horses and some of the other beautiful animal creations that there are, it would really bring some fulfillment to that first verse that I read. I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form and void, and the heavens had no light. I believe all of those things, in a certain way, would apply. If they wouldn't have applied, I don't think that God would not have made the emphasis to make uh, these critters and these creatures and these animals. I think God made them because they were part of the of the creation. Uh, animals can just be like flowers in a garden. Uh, they can be important for color, uh, for spirit. Uh, they can be important uh, just to add a blend of life. And so uh, I I um, uh, am not just now saying that because I was so rough on the first part. I'm saying it because I do believe that. I think that, you know, it would be very similar to that. I, I beheld the earth and lo, uh, it was without form. There is something when you, you don't have the critters, you don't have the birds flying around in the trees. Um, when you don't have uh, the um, uh, the other little animals, squirrels on the ground, going up and down uh, the tree trunks, uh, finding their little places to nest. You don't have uh, those beautiful horses with their stride and their their mange and tail, uh, that, uh, uh, that mane and tail that they can just rear up in such a way that it just makes them look so proud and, and beautiful. Uh, it's, <clears throat> it's void. It's without form. So <clears throat> I'm throwing that in there. Um, I beheld, um, verse 25, and lo, there was no man, and all the birds of the heaven were fled. Well, there's an interesting something here. I beheld, and there was no man. And it didn't say what happened to the man, man representing humankind. Uh, it didn't say, well, they took off and they went on the other side of the mountains, or they went down underneath the earth. It just says there was no man, but it gave a different kind of a resolution for the birds. It says, all the birds of the heavens were fled. And, you know, if you would want to think uh, geographically, like on the east, west, north, south, and each hemisphere uh, type of heaven, 
uh, as the Bible calls it in the first chapter of Genesis, the firmament, but it, that firmament was called heaven, and that all the birds of the firmament, whether it was the east firmament or the, or the west firmament or the, the south or the north firmament, uh, they were all fled. You know, there's something about animals that they can sense many times before an earthquake is going to come or some kind of unusual disaster is going to happen. Uh, they, they seem to have a special sense uh, that humans sometimes do not have. And, and that I find very interesting. And this scripture here seems to indicate that. All the birds were aware of this. There's a scripture that says, uh, you know, yea, the, 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 the Starks, uh, the, 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 the Starks know, the, the various animals know, but my people know not, neither have they considered. There's a scripture that says that animals have an awareness. That animals know certain things, but there are a lot of times that um, even though the animals know that the human beings do not, they don't catch on. They don't have that same uh, touch of sensation. And so sometimes uh, they're not prepared for a disaster because they just don't sense it coming. Uh, we know in the days of the flood, the majority of the people were caught up and they were eating and drinking and having marriage and fun and were not knocking any of those things. But they were doing that right when a disaster was getting ready to happen and they were not prepared for it. They didn't sense it. They didn't feel it. Uh, they didn't even listen to the warnings uh, from the man of God who was building this great ark and had been working on it for a 100 years. Uh, but, you know, no doubt the animals did. And the animals came, uh, I believe, uh, of their own accord. They just knew. The ones that, that were to come knew that they were to carry on, that they, they were to come to that ark and get into that ark. And, and, of course, there's a whole lot more to the story than just that little blip that I'm saying there. But, uh, anyway, let's go on. Verse 26. And I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness. And all the cities thereof were broken down at the presence of the Lord and by his fierce anger. For thus hath the Lord said, The whole land shall be desolate, yet will I not make a full end. For this shall the heavens mourn and the heavens above be black, because I have spoken it, I have purposed it, and will not repent, neither will I turn back from it. I've always admired that particular scripture. Uh, I've always caught a fancy with it. Um, it always um, has um, inspired me that that there was a lot of additional meaning, uh, especially when we talk 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold insight. But that's not the purpose of our teaching tonight is a different view on what extinction of the species mean. Um, here, in the 25th verse, uh, you've got something that looks more like an almost extinction of man, and there was no man. What it's really referring to there is that there was no man left in the cities. Uh, all the cities were broken down. People could not uh, abide any longer in the cities. They had to get out someplace else. There's scriptures that tell us that uh, people would well flee uh, into the into the uh, rocks and uh, the holes of the rocks, and uh, uh, there are uh, scriptures that say flee to the mountains. Um, 
So probably all of that kind of, um, uh, of, of information is incorporated in there. Uh, uh, but there is a special message to the birds uh, because they they have to flee. They have to get out and they have to have a sense of knowing where they could possibly flee and possibly be safe, uh, especially with such uh, a depicted uh, terrible um uh, Disaster seems to be described here. Okay, so um, you know uh, what? What do we say to all of this? Uh, well, we say let's keep on with our scriptures and let's keep on looking at this word and uh, discovering you know what this word has to say. Now, as to the extinction of the species, uh, it'd probably be nice if we got the facts straight. And so let me talk about that just a little bit. Uh, there is a um, uh, what is called an international union for the conservation of nature, and they uh, red list the various kinds of species uh, and and plants, uh, you know, and animals. Uh, and uh, you know they're considered to uh, have a real good. Um, a designation of what the real case is. And uh, there are different predictions that different uh, kinds of such companies make, uh, but it has been said that uh, since A.D. 1500, since A.D. 1500, there has been 784 species become, uh, become extinct. And uh, 18 of those since the year 2000. So just in case you're thinking that those 784 species happened in the modern times, uh, no, that's not correct. And that's not according uh, to the International Union of Conservation of Nature and many, many others, uh, other kinds of, of uh, companies that record the extinctions based on actual uh, examinations uh, of areas that are well known to harbor uh, particular critters and as to what the population is. And they go to quite an extent to, to take the um, inventories of that and to check those things out. So um, uh, 784 species, uh, but only 18 uh, species since... The, this decade that we're living in, uh, the, uh, the uh, 2000, 2001, 2002, etc. So I hope you got that straight. Now the uh, the botanist and the uh, paleontologist uh, they say that there have been shifts of happenings, and that these shifts are evidenced by the fossil record, and the fossil record says. Uh, that um, there have uh, been um, uh, over the last um, well, it says that one of the one of the very one of the very bad extinctions happened about 359 to 400 million years ago. Uh, that at that time fish were just absolutely monstrous, and they just filled the oceans and the rivers, and uh, and then they experienced. At that time, 359 uh, million to 4 million years ago, a, a vast uh, extinction. 
and uh, I, I, I find that uh, all interesting. Uh, these extinctions uh, that are happening, of course, happen not only uh, with the, uh, the, uh, the flora, but also with the fauna. And uh, they, they uh, you know, regard uh, the biodiversity of, uh, of vertebrae. Uh, fonda and and the extinction of uh, flora, even such things uh, as fairly recently of the uh, giant redwood trees. So uh, those things are sad. And then of course we we go back in the uh, in you know uh, an, another set of millions of years, according to the paleontologists and the the botanists. Uh, then you have the distinction of the dinosaurs. But there have just been, even since all of those different extinctions, uh, extinctions of animals uh, in a quantity that is just uh, just incredible, uh, the quantity. Um, uh, so um, l- let's um, uh, let's get this um, uh, all together here, so that we can uh, put the facts and not get all stirred up by someone from a radio or a TV show. Because a lot of these people on the radio, they're just out there looking, looking uh, for drama, and and uh, they're wanting to get more listeners. They're wanting to be at the top of uh, of the turn on list uh, for their the dial or or the TV. And uh, but there are major uh, organizations uh, that um, are involved in uh, keeping track of these things and. <clears throat> Those records can be can be checked out, and I hope that uh, that you are uh, you know doing such a thing as if you're that interested. <clears throat> okay, so here we go. Let's go back to the Bible and see what the Bible says. Turn all the way back to, to Genesis with me, all of the way back to Genesis, the first uh, chapter of Genesis. Chapter 1, uh, chapter 1, and uh, verse 11, and, a very important word, God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. The point I want to make here tonight is there was a time that sounds very similar to um, the scripture in Jeremiah 4:23 through 28. You know, and the earth was without form and void, and, and everything was fled. There was no man. Well, in Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. The spirit moved upon the face of the waters. In the 11th verse it says, Let the earth... Bring forth grass, herb yielding seed, and fruit trees yielding fruit after its, after his kind, uh, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. Um, that happened in the past, when there was void, when there was no form. And I want to get the point across to you people that regardless of what happens in the way of 
extinctions of the species. The same God who created grass and fruit trees from the earth can do it all over again. If we look at Genesis 24, And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping things, and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. Now, God did that before. He could do it again. Furthermore, 25th verse, And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth, everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And so it was. God saw it was good. God did it before. It could be done again. Verse 20 of chapter 1. And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath the life. We must think of fish, but not just fish. Fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of the heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Wow. Do you get it? Well, what the story is, is that God made all these creatures before when there was nothing. And any time there's an extinction... God can make more critters if we want them to. Someone says, oh, I don't think I like that kind of a solution. Well, now, isn't that just too bad? Guess you don't like God being around that much, huh? Anyway, um, let's go on. As you, as you can see, I'm in a little bit of a sassy mood here tonight. Bear with me. Uh, and very interesting. I hope you really heard what I said. But I read that uh, God said that the waters bring forth abundantly. If we were to move this up a notch and look at waters, um, we might find that uh, very interesting. For in in instance, if um, if you would um, if you would turn to um, uh, you know the book of um, Isaiah, uh, let's just see. Uh, say the 8th chapter of Isaiah. Let's see what it says uh, in the 8th chapter of Isaiah about uh, waters. Um, I think there's an incredible scripture here that is well worth looking at. And I know I'm going to be doing a little bit of rattling of my paper tonight because, like I say, we're using the old system. <clears throat> we're involved in uh, moving some things around and redoing some things and so this call puts us in a position tonight of um, not really having it back together uh, so we could use the new system. So we're on the old system. Now, um, uh, let's um, look at chapter 8 of Isaiah. 
and the seventh verse. Now therefore, behold, the Lord bringeth up upon them the waters of the river, strong and many. Now God's going to bring up the waters of the river, very strong and many waters, even the king of Assyria and all his glory, he shall come up over all his channels and go over all his banks. And he shall pass through Judah, and he shall overflow and go over, and he shall reach even to the neck and the stretching out of his wings, and shall fill the breath of thy land, O Emmanuel. Now here's a scripture, if you ever needed a scripture, that proved our teachings that proved our teachings on this thing about um, uh, the four rivers of Eden and how that those represented genetic rivers. Here's something very clearly. Waters, we read to you that God used the waters to create, you know, the various critters. And here we see uh, this army in his glory, this king of Assyria, they are called waters. They're called a river and described as coming over the land. Excuse me. Which is what rivers do, isn't it? They go over the land. And, uh, and he passed through Judah and he shall, he shall go and, uh, shall overflow and go over and shall reach even to the neck and the stretching out of his wings shall fill the breath of the sky. O Emmanuel. Wow. There is quite a revelation here. Now, in I don't think I'll turn to it, but you can write it down in case you haven't already written this down. In the 17th chapter and the 15th verse of Revelations, when John the Revelator was pondering about this vision of the woman on the scarlet colored beast who was setting upon the waters And the angel said, John, do you understand what these waters are? And John basically said, no, I don't understand what they are. What are those waters? What does that mean? And the scripture says in Revelation 17, verse 15, these waters represent nations, kindred, peoples, tongues. It represented people, just like the scripture I read to you in the 8th chapter of Isaiah. So, if we were to look at this scripture uh, in Genesis, and we were to say, ah, the waters, we could actually say these waters represented a future time also, as well as the present time, as it was describing it here back in the whim, that people are going to have the capability uh, to um, reproduce, uh, reproduce animals, reproduce um, fowl. Uh, they're they're going to have the capability to do it. And even earth has become another name in the Bible for representing uh, specific types of people. It's all interesting. I find it interesting. Uh, I, I find that um, very Bible. And I think that, uh, that you know, it is important for us to understand that. Okay, now, <clears throat> so far we've got um, 
creation of animals and, and vegetation from the earth. Then we've got creation of, um, of uh, the moving creature, the fish and fowl that fly above the heavens. And now in the second chapter of uh, Genesis, uh, beginning with the fourth through the fifth verse, Genesis chapter 2, 4 through 5, it says this, These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And every plant, plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. Now, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made earth and the heavens, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth. Before it was in the earth, even as a seed. Before it was in the earth. And so the scripture is telling us that there were photo transitions like in the atoms and the molecules of, of, the, of the universe. We call it the soundtron. There was already photo transitions that were a, a thought DNA of the, all of these plants before they were ever planted in the, in the earth. Come on, chapter 2, verse 5. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth. And what's it talking about? The creation when God made the heavens and earth. That's in verse 4. And so, it hadn't been put into effect yet because there was no man to till the earth. So there was a limit of what was available. There was, there were certain things available in the way of flora and fonda, but not everything. And I find that very interesting. Okay, now let's get something else, uh, something else straight. Um, your, your dog, uh, your animal pets, your cats, they are not supposed to be the boss. They are not supposed to be able to tell you what to do or what not to do. You can love them, not as much as you love a human. You can um, care for them. But here's what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Let's get it straight. Let's get it straight. You want to believe the Bible or you want to not believe the Bible? If you want to believe the Bible, then let's get it straight. The Bible says... And it's clear and evident here that man is supposed to have dominion over all of the creations 
that have been made on this earth. Over, over all of the, the fruitfulness, over the fish, over the fowl, over every living thing, every living thing that moveth upon the earth. We've got to understand this. We've got to understand that when people go out and they <clears throat> destroy a forest or they destroy a farm farmland uh, for houses for people. Now, I'm, I'm going to be controversial, but will you listen to me out? Will you listen to me out? That they have the right to do that. Oh yes, I think it's really nice and important and beautiful for there to be conservation considered and places where uh, these um, these people can can live. But um, I I don't think that um, that a person uh, can ruin the whole ecology and the whole financial economics of a nation or of a village of people uh, based on one or two critters. I don't believe in that. I believe that human beings are put first, and I believe that is the doctrine of the Bible. The human person is supposed to take dominance, dominance over all of these critters. And the, the importance of the human being comes before all of these critters. Now, I still want to thank you people that are our little cluster of individuals here tonight. Um, I did not get an opportunity to advertise this on Twitter or on the GodTube or on uh, Facebook. Uh, we did not get a chance to even send out our, our mailings on this till sort of the last minute. Probably a lot of people still don't even have the notice. But this message will be recorded. And, and, and people just like they do, uh, by the dozens and the dozens and even the hundreds will, uh, get onto those recordings and play them and uh, get a chance to hear this message. And so in the meanwhile, uh, we're just all cozy together here listening to this message and you get to be here live and you get to be here when this, um, later, if you want to be, when the Gentile is done and, and feel the energy and feel the spirit. Uh, we had, um, uh, in the last few days here, uh, some really beautiful things happening uh, uh, with the power of God and, and the energy of God, uh, just like electricity coming down. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful time to be living for God. So I hope I got this message that God blessed them and he blessed them saying, take dominion over all the animals and over all the fish and over the fowl. And, and that's where your blessing is, because that's your that's the job of humankind, and humankind has got to be put first. And if and if you say, oh, we're just destroying and, <coughs> and we're 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 causing all the animals to be extinct, you basically don't know what you're talking about. You just think that you do. There have been incredible extinctions that had nothing to do with humankind, over and over and over in the past vast. Uh, ages of time. Nothing to do with humankind. And and uh, those kind of things are going to continue. 
thank God for the extinction of the dinosaurs. Would you like to be wake, wake, would you like to wake up tonight and a dinosaur just decided to come where your house is and decided to, to, um, to push it down and walk over you and smash you into, to, uh, dirt? Aren't you glad that you're not living in the same time with the dinosaurs? Maybe you're not happy with that. Maybe you prefer to be back there. Well, go there in your dreams, whatever you have to do, whatever kind of nightmares you need to have. But I'm all happy for, I have to say, some of these extinctions have been a blessing. When I look at some of the kind of animals that became extinct, uh, I think it's great. I think it's it's great they did become extinct. And, and, uh, and, and believe me, all of these animals we're talking about that became extinct, uh, some of them are going to be revived. Some said, no, no, they're all extinct, they're gone, you can't revive them. Oh, don't talk about something that you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you say, well, you're just being, reading, you're re- reading science fiction. No, I don't read science fiction. I never read science fiction. I never, ever have even read a science fiction book in my life. I, I don't read, um, Novels that that are fiction, um, you know. I I just read factual books, and that's that's what I read. And and my most favorite of all the books, of course, is the Bible. But I want to tell you something that that they will reach a point in which they will be able to restore many of these creatures, and uh, they'll be in put into living museum type th- settings. And uh, and all kinds of things will come out of all of that. Uh, they recently noted that in the embryo of a chicken egg, that if there is a point at which um, there is a point at which the um, the embryo uh, has the characteristics uh, that are along the line of what a dinosaur would seem to look like. You know, it has a tail. It loses the tail. It has all kinds of interesting characteristics, uh, how it looks. And, uh, you know, it's very possible that um, chickens, of course, are connected to the um, the dinosaur family. I remember when I, uh, 40 years or more ago, when I first had the revelation about uh, birds and, and, and the Python man and some of these things, that people just thought I was absolutely uh, hung up in the wild woods of craziness. But as uh, science has advanced and, and people have begun to make some of the discoveries, uh, individuals begin to remember those things that I said all those many years ago before it was even scientifically talked about. And uh, they begin to see that uh, you know, I wasn't as crazy as they thought. Um, there are incredible revelations yet to come. Uh, you know, we are barely... We haven't even started scratching the surface of all the incredible changes that are going to happen. And so, um, uh, with all of the new things that they are doing by, in biology, um, uh, they're going to be able to, to, uh, re- make some changes, uh, and, and in, in, uh, animals and, and bring about creations that they thought were lost. Some of the, some of these animals still exist in other critters. Uh, there, you know, and if there was another mass extinction, uh, there would be, uh, things happen where some of these critters would begin to come forth out of the critters that already exist. And I find that interesting. So, you know, uh, 
you know, quit worrying about uh, about you know things. Someone says, "Oh, well, I, I just think it's going to reach the point that uh, there's not going to be any survivors. The animals will all be gone. They'll all be dead." You don't even believe the Bible, then. You don't even believe the Bible because that is not what the Bible teaches. That is not what the Bible teaches, and you cannot show that to me anywhere, anywhere, anywhere in the Bible. You cannot show that to me. Okay, so I'm going to read you something here. If you just listen in a little bit and hear what I have to say, because it's very important. Uh, let's let's just take a look here at uh, this thing about what the Bible says about animals and uh, animals that uh, <clears throat> are survivors. Uh, the Bible says that there's going to be a new earth and a new heaven. This is after a terrible, disastrous happening comes to the earth. And, uh, and then it describes in the 65th chapter of the book of Isaiah <clears throat> various things about this new earth. And it says uh, in chapter 65, verse 25, it gives a little teeny bit of a list of some of the animals that are going to survive. It's going to survive like the end of the old world. In chapter 65, verse 25, it says, The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. Yeah, they survived. They're different. They don't eat one another anymore. And the lion shall eat straw like the bullock. Well, the lion and the bullock are going to survive. They're different. The lion doesn't eat straw anymore. And dust shall be the serpent's meat. Snakes and serpents are going to survive. They're different. <laughs> Because it says, they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountains, saith the Lord. They're different, but they survived. The Bible says these animals survive. These reptiles survive. The Bible says it. Come on, people. Let's believe the Bible. Let's believe what the Bible tells us. Let's look at uh, chapter 11 of Isaiah. Verse 6. Chapter 11, verse 6. And the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. Ah, the wolf, as I said, and the lamb are going to survive. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid. Let's just call the kid could be the goat. The leopard and the goats are going to survive. And the calf and the young lion are going to survive. The fatling. The cow that's ready to go normally in this way they treat it to the butcher shop. going to survive. And the little child be able to lead them. They're going to be more intelligent. And children are going to be more intelligent. There's going to be some kind of intercommunication between 
humans and animals in a greater way than it's ever been before. Verse 7, and the cow and the bear, the cows and the bear are going to survive. They'll feed their young ones and they'll lie down together. The cow and the bear are going to be buddies. That's different. That's different. They shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp. The asp is going to survive. And it's kind, no doubt. Someone says, ah, well, the bees aren't going to be there. You don't know that. I think honey in the rock's going to be around a long time. And the winged, winged child, now that's not W-I-N-G-E-D, that's W-E-A-N-E-D, child shall put his hand on the cockatrite, and that's another name for an adder, which is sort of like a snake. Put his hand on the cockatrite den, but it says, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Even the animals are going to be genetically engendered. The adders are going to survive. The asp are going to survive. The cow, the bear, the leopard, all of these animals that I mentioned to you are going to survive. The Bible says that they are. In this new world. <laughs> They're going to survive. It's Bible. It's what the Bible says. It's what the Bible says. Wow. Just for your sake, you that are here that... Um, You need to have this scripture because I quoted it earlier. In Ecclesiastes 3, we'll start with the 18th verse. And I said in my heart concerning the estate of the sons of men, that God might manifest them, that they might see that they themselves are beasts. <clears throat> now, some of you people say, I just basically don't like humans. I have more covenant in an animal than I have in humans. Well, you don't know just an awful lot, maybe more than about animals, then maybe you're just your little pet that you've got. <clears throat> but I can tell you there have been some very dedicated people that took their life in their hand and went ar out around some of these wild animals, and for a long time they got by with it. And they made pets of them for a long time and got by with it. But one day, the animal was an animal. Killed them. And there's all kinds of examples of that. And yes, it, the human body has animal in it. But it's also attached to a spirit that has a soul. Not a soul, S-O-U-L, small case, which just means the body. But soul, capital S, that means the spirit soul. 
And it goes on, it says, in this verse here, I'll read it again, verse 18 of chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes. I said in my heart concerning the estate of the sons of men, that God might manifest them, that they might see that they themselves are beasts. For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth the beast. Even one thing befalleth them as one dieth, so dieth the other. We're talking about the body. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. So whether it's the flesh and blood body of a human or the flesh and blood body of an animal, they can't inherit the kingdom of heaven. They can't, they can't, they can't. It's a spirit world. And the day is coming that people are going to come into that knowledge and understanding that they that worship God must worship Him in the Spirit and in truth. Spirit. And that's why in our manifest teachings we are into Spirit to Spirit. And it says, for one, verse 19, for that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beast, even one thing befalleth them. As one dieth, so dieth the other. They all have one breath. <clears throat> so that a man, that's talking about the body, the human body, hath no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. All go into one place, all are, all are of dust, all turn to dust again. But then here's the answer. Who knoweth the spirit of man that goes upward, and the spirit of the beast that goes downward to the earth? And so, <clears throat> that is the equation. That is the difference. That is the vital difference. That the spirit of man goes upward. It's eternal. But the spirit of the beast goes downward. And so, though, although the body, the physical body, the house, goes to dust, just like the animals, the spirit is not the same. And so then, the body of the human being, the Bible says, even becomes the temple of the Holy Ghost. Wow. We have to be careful that we don't take something that is the temple of the Holy Ghost and treat it as though it is not any better than something that for sure is not the temple of the Holy Ghost. You can't make an animal that is not the temple of the Holy Ghost <clears throat> to be equal to a human that the Bible says humans are temple, are temples of the Holy Ghost. All right. I hope I'm getting some of this stuff apart. And I read to you about the survivors. And I showed you that there are, there are going to be animals that, uh, that are going to survive. Now let's look at this scripture. Turn with me to Jeremiah thirty-one twenty-seven. Jeremiah thirty-one twenty-seven. Listen to this. <clears throat> Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of man and with the seed of beast. Now that has different levels to it. But let's take it in this most simple level. That God is going to replenish the creation. The seed of beast is going to be replenished. They're going to be replenished. And so, 
when I tell you don't get all caught up about all this stuff about, you know, the eradication of the species, I believe that there are people out there that have dedicated their lives to trying to preserve the species. I applaud them. And I think they deserve to have credit. They, sometimes people put a burden on people, uh, and that's a ministry. And they don't get credit for it. And I'm all behind that. I'm all behind that. I'm definitely behind <coughs> being kind to animals and treating them with respect. We have to balance that. But I'm definitely behind considerations for the animals. And yes, I would like to see these animals live and have a happy animal life. I'm all for that. So what I am saying is not anti-animal. I would be the least likely of anybody to ever say or think that because I, I enjoy animals very much. <coughs> Okay, now those are all powerful scriptures. They're very, very powerful scriptures. And, uh, and I've, I've read you these scriptures about the, those animals that are going to survive. And, and then I want to read another interesting scripture in the 66th chapter of the book of Isaiah. And this is a good one. We're talking about Consideration of animals. Here's one that talks about the consideration of how to be kind to animals, how to think of them differently than just a beast to be eradicated, like some people do. <clears throat> Isaiah 66, verse 3. This is a prediction of a time that is coming. He that killeth an ox is as if he slew a man. Wow. What are you saying here? He said things are going to change. <coughs> Excuse me. He said things are going to change. There's not going to be any harm in all my holy mountain. The animals are going to eat straw. Get by with it. It's going to be a different kind of straw than you ever heard of. Human beings are going to do it, do things differently. They're going to eat differently. He that killeth an ox will be as a person that slew a man. What? It almost seems like a contradiction of what I was saying earlier, but it's not. It's now talking about when the days come that the knowledge of the Lord covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. And everything, the flora and the fauna, are imbued with that knowledge. Everything everywhere on the earth, everything everywhere above the earth, are imbued with that knowledge. Then that changes the equation. And he that killeth an ox will be as if he slew a man. He that sacrificed the lamb as if he cut off a dog's neck. Does the Bible show some kind of affection, some kind of special attention for a dog? I think so. I think 
this scripture here really does it. If you sacrifice a a lamb, it would be almost equal as if you mistreated a dog, as if you cut off a dog's neck. That's how bad that that would be. But that then brings up to the forefront the consideration for a dog. How important of a place that a dog would would have with humankind. How important that a dog could be. And, and it, that refers to the like kind of, of pets, like, like a cat. And there are other animals. And it makes it like this thing would be like cutting off a dog's neck, like like that. Cutting off a dog's neck, killing a dog would be abominable. And killing a lamb, sacrificing a lamb would be equal to it. He that offereth oblation will be as if he offered swine's blood. Wow. He that burneth incense as if he blessed an idol. Changes are coming, ladies and gentlemen. Changes. God is dealing with humankind. He's moving them from out of the the veil that Paul said has been over the heads and the vision of people. The glass darkly. He's re- going to remove it. The knowledge of God is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. And it's going to affect the atmosphere. It's going to affect the environment. It's going to affect how animals think and respond. How critters and the fowl think and respond. How humans think and respond. It's going to be different. Interesting enough that along with that scripture, in the same contextual chapter, the eighth verse, who has heard of such things or of such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Shall a nation be born at once? Well, as soon as Zion travailed, as soon as Zion gets with it, as soon as Zion, Zion does the things that need to be done to bring about the quickenings, as soon as Zion begins to believe the Bible and listen to what the Bible is saying, Follow the words of Jesus Christ. Then she will bring forth children. Then she will bring forth children. Blessed be the name of God. Those are so exciting, those kind of things. They are absolutely so exciting. I just think that people need to to understand uh, the the power of these things that I am telling you. I think that, you know, 
yes, there's been 784 species that have become extinct since A.D. 1500. <laughs> but before that, according to the paleontologists, the paleontologists have interpreted the fossil record, and they say that there have been five major extinctions that regard the biodiversity of the fauna vertebrae and extinction of the flora in Earth's history, which include the extinction of the dinosaurs and many other kind of critters. We have to trust that God, who has angels that watch over us humans, must also have angels that are watching over and, and caring for the critters. Now, let's talk about uh, these questions. What place do animals have in God's plan? All right. We know that in India, uh, the Indian people, the East India people, they believe that um, animals uh, can have the reincarnation of the spirits of their ancestors. That's what's called transmigration. I do not believe that. In fact, there's nothing to back that in the Bible. But I think that they are seeing it a different way than it is. For instance, when a person dies, whether it's a dinosaur, an ox, a lion, when a person dies or an animal dies and their bodies go back to dust, those atoms pass on and are reused. Now, we know that atoms go through decaying processes, but they just continue to use, in a perpetual sense, the same subject matter over and over again. And so, a person could literally be alive today that have um, parts of their membranes or parts of their molecules that have dinosaur in them or an ox in them or a bird in them or a snake or a bug because it is pretty much of a clear fact that we all exchange these atoms. We exchange them. Scientific stuff. Someone says, I don't know if I can believe that. Hey, that's your prerogative. You don't have to believe that. But I'm trying to explain to you how that the East Indians ignorantly believe something a different way than it really is because they've got it being their reincarnation of their spirits being in those 
worms or animals. And that's not the way it is at all, but there could be there could be in those animals atoms that were once in humans. But does that mean then that we have to worship that aspect? Absolutely not. But that's just the way that it is. Just like in the thing about <clears throat> uh, people that are involved in astrology. And they teach that, uh, that well, when were you born? Under what star were you born? And what's the date? And, well, you're being influenced by this particular star. Well, you know, I don't, I don't believe in that. But I believe in a certain aspect of it in the sense that when it talks about the stars, it says in Daniel, the 12th chapter, that blessed are those people, and I'm paraphrasing it, that will shine as the stars forever. You know, that God is going to make us so that we will shine as the stars. That there are, in the scriptures, indications of of the influence of the stars. But when you understand in Job 38, that the stars are the symbol of angels, and that there are guardian angels who are, like, you know, come under this thing of, of stars. So in the sense of the stars influencing us, like the star that led the wise men of Jesus Christ, and influence, um, these are actual living entities. And they're not just these big bellow gases uh, of, of literal physical hydrogen uh, types of, of, um, of creations that uh, really have no uh, mental life in the same sense as, as humans have it. So, people get a small little increment of truth, but they get off base because they apply it in an incorrect way. And they don't understand uh, what the total uh, fact and truth of the reality is because they they get off base and and that that is exactly something that happens so what place do animals have in God's plan uh, okay are animals going to be in the first domain <clears throat> no I'll watch the, my numbers here and see if I lose anyone on that because I'm sure that some of these people want to make sure that their dog is with them in heaven. I'm sure there would be some people say, well, if my dog can't go to heaven with me, I don't want to go to heaven. Well, be careful what you say, because you just are ignorantly spouting off. But the Bible says that shows us that the, the first domain, and the word domain comes from the word D-O-M, which is the second part of kingdom, the kingdom of God, kingdom, first domain. And the first domain is the heaven of heavens. Now, I do not say that there are not other heavens that dogs and animals could be in. I'm sure that that would be the case in these other physical realms that are involved in other uh, physical heavens. But as far as the heaven of heavens, that is a place of pure spirit, of eternal spirit. And animals are not there. But in the whole revelation of such things as you have been made available to you,
in the uh, the Seven Thunders Chronicles, uh, where it it talks about some of the unusual things that happened in the first domain. Uh, there are situations in which your mind in the first domain will be able to form any uh, kind of thought, as long as it's a pure thought, that uh, it would be. And in that world, uh, the virtual uh, kind of creation and virtual kind of thinking, uh, because it is already a spirit realm, will seem just as real as anything that we think to be real in the illusion in which we live here on Earth as to our involvement with other critters. So people uh, could actually uh, uh, visualize uh, a different uh, body shape and uh, they, they could change their body just like people change clothing. Uh, they could change... Um, they're the the color uh, that it, that is the spectrum around about them. Uh, they could change uh, all kinds of conditions. They could create uh, thoughts um, and visualize them uh, so that they could have, if they wanted to, a dog world or a cat world or uh, uh, these various critter worlds. But they would only exist as they exist in the thought world of the virtual. But they would seem and be very real, and you could bring that to an astounding um, uh, reality, because with the kind of minds that you will have, uh, you'll be creators in that first domain, and you'll be able to do incredible things uh, as you are going forward with with those kind of uh, beautiful realities. So, that is my answer to the plan for God. Uh, what about um, evolution? Well, we don't teach evolution. We teach evolution. Uh, the difference from throwing some dice and it being a happenstance to the difference of the lattice being um, affected by the soundtron, which is the voice of God, and the voice of God's will spoken into all universe, so that there is no atoms or molecules or any kinds of um, of uh, quantum uh, uh, material that uh, does not have uh, the soundtron uh, uh, penetrated into it, and therefore, uh, in that sense, uh, you know, uh, the beauty of it is is that things have the potential to come forth uh, by the pronunciation that is already in the, uh, the creation. And uh, so there is a place, like I explain, explained to you in, in chapter 2 uh, of, um, of uh, Genesis, and read to you the first and second verses there, how that, uh, uh, that there were creation of the plants and creations of, uh, of things that later were... Um, uh, materialized in creation uh, that existed first before they were ever in the earth 
in in the thought world. The, the whole DNA of them was alive in the thought world. It actually existed. So if that's the case, that those things actually existed in the thought world uh, before they were created on earth, then just begin to imagine when you are in the first domain and your minds are greater than anything that it could ever be while you are on earth in the physical body, uh, all of the potentiations uh, that you will be able uh, to to um, uh, transfer into or to create uh, as virtual realities. And so, uh, yes, there is a plan that God has. Uh, and and God doesn't really leave anything out, but he does not allow to be uh, to be um, invoked or, or to to be brought into the presence of uh, the Holy of Holies, the the uh, pure uh, uh, and absolute pureness of, of the first domain by anything that will be um, detrimental and, and will, will tarnish it. It, it. It's impossible for that to happen. But you can have these thoughts and they can be in a pure form. Okay, and I think I answered the thing about the uh, the dinosaurs, and uh, you know uh, what does it mean? Uh, this thing about uh, the humans tampering on with life on planet Earth. Well, they're tampering with everything right now. Uh, they're tampering with uh, uh, with foods. Uh, we had a watermelon last night, and it was basically a seedless watermelon. And there's seedless grapes, and a lot of this is genetic stuff. Uh, they're going to continue this. And someone says, well, that's really, really bad, isn't it? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, you know, uh, there was a day when uh, uh, the Christians would not eat chocolate because they said it's of the devil. And now Christians are eating chocolate all the time, or a lot of the time, or most of the time. There was a day when uh, 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 Christians... Um, you know, uh, would not participate, uh, you know, in a whole lot of things uh, that today, you know, that they do. They thought the telephone was of the devil, and they wouldn't have anything to do with the telephone. Now look at these Christians that some some of them own uh, a couple cell phones, uh, plus, uh, you know, they, they own the latest type of thing on the iPod and the iPhone, and, and, uh, and there's more coming, and they're going to have more. Uh, things change. People change how they think. They change how they they configure uh, things uh, because they get a little wiser than they were in those days when they thought they were so just and so Christian and so pure and so religious. Uh, you know, so religious that you couldn't wear a ring. So religious that you couldn't wear a tie. So religious that that you know that uh, a woman could not put any kind of uh, uh, of cream or are a little little dab of something to make the face look good. He couldn't do it. That was of the devil. That's changing now. You some of the most uh, supposed Holy Ghost churches. You see some of the women up there in the front, and they're they're uh, decked out with all kinds of things that in the earlier churches it would have been pure satanic. Uh, things are changing. Uh, don't get caught up in the current uh, contemporary views. Because they're going to change too. So my advice is, you know, when people say, well, what's the effect of human tampering on life with the earth? Uh, the humans have the right 
they have the right to a certain extent, as long as, you know, they don't bring death and harm to people. Of course, they're doing lots of that. Uh, but, you know, they'll, the ones that do that will have to pay for it. But they do have the right to experiment and, and uh, to take uh, dominance over all the earth. That's, that's in the plan. And, and to, to multiply and be fruitful. And uh, there's going to be a lot of experimenting. There's going to be a lot of mistakes. But in the ultimate end, there's going to be a lot of good that, that will come out of it. And that's better than sitting around uh, in, 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 a, in a dustpan somewhere and breathing in the dust uh, because, uh, you know, you're, you're afraid of any changes. Uh, uh, believe me, there are people that have been involved in survival and have fled somewhere to survive, go to another country, uh, go to another climate, um, uh, eat different kind of foods, uh, go dig into a hole in the ground. And the very act of what they did uh, uh, was environmentally dangerous or um, was dangerous as to uh, the events happening in the country that they did not know was going to happen. And they lost their lives as a result of going out there trying to save themselves. So Jesus put it like this. He that, he that uh, tries to save him, his life will lose his life. He that's willing to lose his life will save it. Things are just the opposite of how people think that they are. Just the opposite, ladies and gentlemen. Get that? I want to repeat it again. Things are just the opposite of how people think they are. Now, you know, as far as animals, Jesus has been depicted holding lamb and, you know, cuddling the lamb and uh, caring for it as a shepherd. Um, you know, the Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 8, says, Feed the sheep next to the shepherd's tents. Feed the sheep next to the shepherd's tents. There shows there to be a closeness and a caring and a, a conservation of intent that goes all of the way back to such ancient writings as the Song of the Solomon in chapter 1, verse 8. Feed the sheep next to the shepherd's tents so that you would be right there close in the tent to be able to be that shepherd that could step out to protect, to know what to do in case of some animal that might show up or some varmint that might show up to try to damage those critters that you are important to and they are important to you. And so there is lots of connection in the Bible about animals, that animals do have a part, that they do have a, a place. Uh, there's uh, a lot that has to do. But quit worrying about, you know, just pray and say, God, I put this nation where I live in your hands. I commit it to you, God, because uh, you are all powerful. I, I commit these animals that are being made extinct. If you want them to live, you will recreate them if you need to. Or you will protect them now. I present them to you, God, that you you will take the action that is the best. I present my president or my king or my premier. I, pre I, I present them to you that you will have your will in their lives. 
and that the things that they do that may seem very offensive to me may be things that are similar to how you used the Pharaoh when you hardened his heart to actually improve the condition and the state of things for the children of Israel. That may be the same as I spoke here shortly last week or so, where uh, Nebuchadnezzar was called a friend, a friend of God, uh, for a time in which God used him and his armies to defeat other nations that were worse than than their nation. We can't judge these people. We can't judge because Jesus said, don't judge. If there's one thing that you want to know so that you can you can maintain your salvation, he says, judge not, and then you will not be judged. So, uh, I'm getting a little excited here. I hope I'm not getting too close to this speaker here and causing it to pop in your ears. But uh, these are beautiful days. They're exciting days. And of the 784 species that are extinct, most of them go way back to A.D. 1500. And only since 2000 till now has there been 18 species that have uh, been lost. <clears throat> and there's going to be new species that are going to be created. And I think it's going to improve because it looks like that the future species that the Bible is talking about that there's going to be is they're going to be different. The lion is going to eat straw. None of these animals are going to bring any any harm to anybody. What a world. What a change. What a time. It's all so important to incorporate into your understanding and so that's the different view on what the extinction of the species can mean. And I hope that that was something that opened up your eyes. And I hope you do a little better than what we did uh, in not getting our notice out to the people of this broadcast, and except so late, and in... Uh, not getting the announcement on the Twitter or the Facebook or GodTube or in some of the other places that we do, just because of the complete um, mound of pressure that was on us for the changes we're making and all the uh, great amount of, of detail of work that we had to do. But out of that, some beautiful things have happened. We we just put together um, a, one this uh, book of uh, the Revelations and... Um, we're going to make it available to, uh, to uh, uh, some of the people that were interested in the investment uh, thing that we offered uh, on the blogs. And uh, we, we just want to thank God that we were able to advance and do that much. Uh, what a work uh, that has been, but what a work of art that it has turned out to be. And it will be very exciting for a lot of people. So, God bless you. I thank you. I praise God. We're going to take a little time to... Uh, to do a Gentile here. Uh, and uh, what I want to do today is that there are people that fight fatigue. There are people that just get tired. They get tired too often. Some people say, well, it's just because I'm old. Now, you don't have to get tired all the time just because you're old. And I, I'm sure that you need vital things into your body. But I'm going to do Gentile on you today. And uh, <clears throat> I want to send through this Gentile uh, the energy of God, 
the amtricity of God, and 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 uh, for you to feel it entering in, into your cells and atoms in your body. Um, I, I want to picture you turning your back to me, maybe sitting in a chair with your back to me, and wherever you are, I'm behind you, and I'm putting my fingers on the shoulder area, but more toward, uh, you know, the, the, the side of the neck, not behind the neck, but between the neck and the shoulders, and I've my fingers there, and I'm slightly pressing down. Now, I begin to visualize that and to feel that. Begin to visualize that and to feel that. You that need energy. You that need a pickup. You that need strength. And I want to put energy into you tonight. So, my fingertips are there. Uh, on the right side of your shoulder, between your shoulder and your neck. On the left side of your shoulder, between your shoulder and your neck. And my fingertips are pressing down. And I am concentrating. And I am concentrating. And I am concentrating. And I am concentrating. And energy is beginning to rev up. And electricity, I'm beginning to feel it. And I'm sending this out in a mass spectrum to you. Into your body. To strengthen you. To give you strength in your body. And as your body is being strengthened, there will be problems that have been blockers and inhibitors that will be loosened because this strength will automatically shift shift your body into a different um, uh, place uh, that will allow these um, this shift to cause uh, the inhibitors and the blockers uh, to be shifted out of the way. I'm concentrating still. My fingertips are on your shoulder, on the right side and on the left side. My fingertips are there. Energy is building up, building up, building up, building up. And the pulse beat, there's a pulse beat. Some of you, this is already beginning to happen underneath my fingertips. And energy is beginning to to move through my fingers into your body. Begin to spread through your body. Down through your arms. Down through your chest. Uh, in all the vital parts of your body. Begin to, to engender you. To strengthen you. To revitalize you. It's continuing. More energy is coming. Energy pouring upon energy. Energy pouring upon energy. It's, it's warm. It's good. It's warm and it's good. It's flowing. 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 Strengthening. It's caressing those places in your body that need revitalization. Energy is flowing. It's flowing. Oh my. Oh my, it's building up. Oh, it is strong. It's getting stronger. The electricity is getting stronger. 
is increasing now in the body, getting stronger, increasing, very strong. You can feel tingling. Some of you feel tingling. It's almost like your hair can stand up on end on your arms. It's getting stronger. Oh, my. Oh, my. Yes. Yes. Okay. That was wonderful for some people, for sure. My wife is playing the organ. We're bringing this this service to an end. May God bless you. May He keep you. May He go before you. May His face shine upon you. May you become bright as stars. May your heart be so happy. May your life be so full. God bless you. We love you. Kitties, this is Alice Cooper, and you're watching You Broadcast, and you better watch, because I know where you live. <laughs>